everybody welcome back sooner than you thought i always begin these saying that it feels like ages since we did our last podcast but it doesn't feel like very long since we did our last one no um so (laughs) so i won't say that this time um but yeah we thought we would do as we have um teased on our bookstagram um we thought we would give you a two girls one book pod rundown on both daisy jones and the six and malibu rising a little bonus podcast for you yes um basically tjr taylor jenkins reed seems to be everywhere she can do no wrong um and pretty much the entire of bookstagram appears to be reading malibu rising um around about now and we couldn't resist doing a little a little extra episode so here we are um hannah's here too i'm here yes quietly (laughs) (laughs) well not for long no (laughs) Um, um we'll get you started and then we'll just let you let you go Um, let me go (laughs) exactly um so i think we're gonna go in with daisy jones first and then we'll talk about Malibu rising when we're when we're good and ready um but yeah off you go let's just go I'll um I'm just going to do a a quick synopsis of Daisy Jones just to um oh firstly just to say that we probably will spoil things yeah Daisy Jones has been out for a a while but Malibu rising obviously we know is a is a fresh one so if you've not read it although I don't know how you haven't um, then we will be spoiling it probably, so maybe just pause it, pick up your copy, and come back when you've read it. Um, yes. So yes, yeah, starting with Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, it's a story told of, surprisingly enough, Daisy Jones and the Six, who are a rock band from the late sixties, early seventies. Um, Daisy's a it girl in the seventies, born to wealthy parents in Los Angeles, and at the same time, the six, as they're formerly known as the Dunn Brothers, are kind of working their way up the ladder in the music industry. And a mutual producer acquaintance of the two gets the idea to kind of throw them together for, at first, just a duet, and then a little tour, and then they become Daisy Jones and the Six. And the book is full of sex and drugs and rock and roll, as you would expect. Um, absolutely yeah it just follows the the story yeah I really enjoyed it Um, it's told as almost like a transcript of like a music documentary almost looking back on the life of the six and Daisy Jones Um, and I thought it was a really interesting way to read that kind of backstory I enjoyed it I did as well I I liked it. I said in my review that I felt like I was reading like an an old music mag magazine, like yeah. a big a big one <laughs> <laughs> um, that went on for a bit. It was like a real deep dive interview. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. It should be also noted that the band are not real; they are fictional. Because um, yeah. I've definitely heard quite a few people saying that they were convinced that they were a real band. Like they went and looked up to see if they were a real <laughs> band. Because there are lots of uh, real people and bands r- referenced throughout the book, obviously, to yeah. give context as yeah. to um, when and where we are um, yeah. and what's happening in the greater music industry around them. But yeah, these these guys are fictional yeah um i think there's a lot certainly familiarity to to the kind of things that happen in the story which does make you almost it feels like Mm. you've read about it before and i know that i'd referenced in my review that it gave me real fleetwood mac vibes the idea of like this band which is all intertwined and people fighting and people loving and it's very easy to see how you could confuse it with real life events and a real life band oh absolutely yeah it's all unfortunately very (laughs) very believable (laughs) that all of those things would happen um yeah i've got 
oh, I got really mixed feelings about this book. Like I loved reading it. I really did. Um, but I, w- I was just annoyed a lot of the time at, at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was saying that the, the main thing that I have a problem with is just the egos and the, we- the ha- just how they get in the way of everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was one of the things that I, I had a, a bit of an issue with. But I did re- I did really enjoy the book. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought that her writing was great. I really liked the um, interview type style. Um, and I liked some of the musicians. <laughs> who, that makes me want to know who you didn't like. Shall we start with the um, bad ones? <laughs> yeah. It's probably easier for me to say who I did. Okay, go on then, do that way. I'll be the mean yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, well I said I said in my um in my review, my favourite character was um Warren, who was the drummer, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he that was, was right, yeah. yeah. Of of the six. Um and I I really liked his kind of carefree. I'm just having a great time. I'm going to enjoy all these things whilst whilst they last. I'm yeah. going to go for it. Like was also a talented musician, but didn't wasn't up himself. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. Whereas everyone else, I feel like I I just didn't really like <laughs> them. I think there was a moment where Warren. Um, maybe said in his interview section about how he knew as the drummer nobody wants him to sit in the room and and play a drum solo for them so he had that kind of humility that came with knowing yeah. that he's good at what he does but that he's part of he's a cog in the wheel of the band yeah um and I do think that made him seem more of one of the more likable members of the band yeah. definitely I mean ultimately that's probably why the the band didn't last very long and i think why a lot of bands don't last for very long is because of egos and people having their own little power trip and their own self-importance overshadowing what the group's trying to do i think people in the spotlight and who are told you're amazing that must be that's all like magnified tenfold because yeah. then you start to believe your own hype. Yeah. So it must be really difficult to stay humble when people are just telling you that you're the absolute business all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really. I'm, liked, I'm not um... going to be in that position. So. <laughs> I'm I mean, you're, stay you're humble. Closer to it than I am. So. I don't know. Um. I really liked Karen at first, Karen Karen, but then she, I still liked her in the sense that I liked the the whole point of her story arc, I guess we're spoiling it so we can say that she ends up in a secretive relationship with Graham, one of the other band members, ends up um, pregnant and chooses to have an abortion. And I really appreciated that that moment in the story of her taking control of her own choices and and standing by them and and having the kind of gu- I don't know not guts is not the right word but um having the strength to stand by her own decisions but equally yeah. I thought she behaved in a really bad way <laughs> towards Graham yeah. so I was a bit disappointed in the way that she did behave um as much as I liked her arc in that sense I was disappointed in yeah. her. Yeah. I quite liked Graham, actually. I forgot about him. He was all right. He was, but he was, I mean, you've just said it, he was a bit forgettable. He was the kind of nice guy who just floated around off his brother's coattails, didn't he? Yeah. So his brother, Billy. Boo hiss. What do we, what do we think? <laughs> oh, it's... Is this whole tortured musician, tortured songwriter thing that is definitely a thing? So, like, I, <laughs> I felt like I could name a few people that he seemed like. 
Yeah, same. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's. I just think it's an excuse. It well, and, oh yeah, it's, it, it is an excuse, hundred percent. But I think again, it's people get wrapped up in in the whole like all the cliches. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about about it that makes people think they have to do those things. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like the whole the whole rock and roll and what that was and is to a certain extent. I don't think modern day is quite as bad as it used to be, perhaps, but I don't know. I've seen some stuff. I think so. it's I think it's maybe different. I think yeah. the advent of social media means that it's it's less kind of I don't know, dive bar toilets and more sliding in the DMs. I think it's still yeah. seedy and a little bit kind of very cliched. Yeah. It's all of it, ugh, isn't it? But Yeah, that is that. I mean, if you could, I don't know how you would write that feeling down in, in a word, but it just makes you feel icky. Like, just... Yeah, it is. There's a lot of the ick factor. Actually, like, in, yeah, in, in all of well actually in daisy jones and in malibu rising in certain places there's definitely a lot of like eye roll moments where i was just like oh yeah this again (laughs) i don't know whether i maybe i maybe didn't like billy even more because my favorite favorite character for the whole book was his wife camilla right i loved her so i felt more more annoyed on her behalf she'd put so much faith in him and almost given him more rope than he should have been given almost to kind of go away and do what she was very clear that she only required certain things from him and he couldn't even meet those expectations yeah um so i think i maybe hated him more because i liked her so much yeah Yeah. i mean so she wasn't perfect well it's alluded to as well isn't it yeah she wasn't um perfect which i mean fair enough (laughs) um when you're in that kind of situation it's it was an odd relationship um but i guess it kind of yeah i can't sort of works for them i I did highlight it but i don't have it tabbed but there was a moment where she talks about where she had realized that there's no such thing as perfect and you just have to be happy with having the things that make you okay and then yeah. anything above that you you don't need and it was almost as though she'd just accepted the fact she was not going to have the perfect husband so she just had to make peace with it um which i don't know that mm. i that i agree with i don't know that we should be settling I, for anything well i think that that's definitely something that our generation is a lot more that's what we think a lot more i think yeah uh, cuz that's why divorce rates are so high (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, yeah because go back a few decades and people just did put up with stuff yeah um maybe people tried harder to like make amends if they did make a mistake because humans make mistakes i don't know people put up with more maybe yeah i don't know it's one I think of those, it's, isn't it? It's tricky because he does, Billy through the novel does um, suffer from drug addiction, alcohol addiction, that he struggles with his sobriety. He is sober for a lot of the book at Camilla's yeah. request, which is one of the things that he does stick to because she's asked yeah. him to. Um, yeah. So I can see that it must be hard for somebody to be in a relationship with someone with those addiction problems and it equally is more hard for the person suffering from them particularly in that environment in the 70s in that industry i guess i have to give him a little bit of leeway (laughs) begrudgingly yeah yeah absolutely um and he was obviously a talented guy and he had he had drive as well like he he wanted to succeed yeah um, what was the name of the um producer guy teddy eddie teddy with a t t 
Yeah, there was oh, there was, was an Eddie, Eddie, Eddie and a Teddy. There was Eddie was in the band and Teddy was the producer. Oh gosh, don't <laughs> do that to me. That's far too confusing. Yeah. Um, names are not my strong suit, and there are There's a lot so of many. names in all of these books. Actually, I was just thinking that like. Uh, it's really hard for me to catch up yeah i was i was thinking about making like a character list before doing this recording and then i was like that's going to be just loads so (laughs) yeah i don't think that's going to be helpful either because then i'll just be like looking at a sheet of paper and panicking who's who (laughs) um but yeah their relationship was quite nice as well yeah um he seems to be that father figure that they didn't that um billy and his brother didn't have yeah so that was that was nice that there there was that yeah um and it was teddy who who brought in daisy jones and i think that he yes billy only allowed that to happen because of the respect that he had for teddy i think if it had been anyone else's suggestion it wouldn't have happened but he trusted him and respected him yeah enough to let that happen yeah so i mean let's talk about daisy we've managed to go a fair old time without really talking about the title character yeah um i don't know what i made of her i liked her i think uh, okay i wouldn't say i loved her because she was flawed definitely flawed she was definitely selfish and self-involved but equally she was a young it girl in the 70s and i think i'd probably be a little bit self-involved if i was an it girl in the 70s also um maybe um i don't know i kept sort of comparing her as a central it girl talented character with evelyn i just much preferred evelyn (laughs) to daisy i think because I don't know, Daisy just sometimes came across as a bit of a, like, uh, childish brat. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it, the the bulk of the time that we are learning about is when she is in her late teens and early 20s, so... Yeah, so I guess she is. And she, but she also struggled with addiction, and, I mean, the lists of pills that she took, however many in the morning to wake her up, and then some to get her to sleep, and, like, the... I found the kind of that messiness of her quite endearing. Whilst I understand it's very destructive and obviously was really bad for her character, I could picture her just relying on everything that she did to get her through the day and not really fixing her problems. Um, And I wanted to help her fix them. Um, She felt like she was keeping everybody at arm's length almost, which I guess if she'd grown up with the kind of glamorous wealthy parents that she did she maybe had learnt to keep everybody at arm's length from a very young age and she felt really kind of insular and self-sufficient but not really knowing how to do that yeah yeah she didn't she didn't really deal with she didn't really deal with much very well did she to be honest no um and i don't know i always find it hard to read about people or like watch uh talented people just like almost waste it yeah i feel i don't know whether that's like the musician in me who's just like oh if only you would just get it together yeah and just like really try because that's that's one thing that i really liked about billy i however flawed he was as a character was that he he really put everything into his yeah. music making and he 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 did really try um and yeah it's the the wasting of talent that i i just find it really like upsetting yeah <laughs> seen too many people do it as well yeah it's really like it's annoying it annoys me it makes me angry it makes me sad and angry um so i don't know i felt like i felt a lot of emotions reading this book which is good um but they weren't good emotions necessarily (laughs) 
I think I did as well. And I read it quite quickly um, because it yeah, was... Same. I don't... You'd messaged me earlier and said that you feel like reading her books is like reading a really good gossip column. And I yeah. got that same vibe that it feels yeah. like I'm reading almost... My guilty pleasure is The Real Housewives of, ev- <laughs> of everywhere. And I felt... <laughs> I felt like I was almost reading like about the Real Housewives that it was like yeah. these over dramatic big lives that are so far flung from mine, and yeah, it feels fun but voyeuristic and a little bit seedy at the same time to be reading it. Um, yeah, they're fun to read. Um, yeah, which we've both needed, I think, recently <laughs> some fun to read. Yeah. So yeah, I really, yeah. really did enjoy it, despite the heavy emotions. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like just really well-written guilty pleasure. Yeah. So it's not that guilty. I'm, I don't feel guilty. Okay, so one of the relationships, I guess, I wanted to talk about a little bit was that between Daisy and Billy. Because mm-hmm. that seemed to be, uh, I guess the the main catalyst for everything going um down the pan somewhat yeah um i really wasn't yeah. sure which way it was going to go for a yeah. long for a lot of the book and part of me felt like it's too obvious for it to go down the secret romance route yeah and they seemed to hate each other for so long <laughs> yeah they really did didn't they i don't really I don't really understand why. I mean, I guess it, like, ego. Yeah, I, I think Billy th- could see her straight away as being a threat. To He wanted to be the front man of the band, the, the name yeah. of the band. He would have had it be Billy Dunn and the Five, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think he, first and foremost, just saw her as a threat to his position as, as the front man. Um, yeah. And I guess jealousy in that she seemingly had this talent that just she didn't even know she had in the beginning she effortlessly just sang in the way that she did and people just seemed to gravitate towards her where he definitely as you've said he worked for everything that he had crafter yeah um so i i imagine that there's an element of it being kind of pure jealousy and yeah from the beginning i don't know from daisy's point of view i guess it's hard also to to judge it when both of them were clouded by substance at some elements through the time yeah. timeline. Um, there's definite moments where Billy was sober and was acknowledging that to be around Daisy in the state that she was in was damaging to him just purely yeah. on that basis, let alone on any other level. He just knew that she was bad for him. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I respected him for that. Yeah. There was actually, yeah, there was quite a lot of stuff about Billy that I did I did like and I respected. He was far from perfect. Yeah. Um and yeah, eye-rollingly cliched, but well, that's what I think, I mean, we've kind of touched upon the fact that they go from this relationship of hate and jealousy to acknowledging that there is somewhat of a spark between them, whether it's a creative spark, which definitely shows itself in the songwriting. Um, One of the elements of the book that I really liked was that at the back of the book, there's all of the lyrics to the songs. Um, And I'd mentioned it to my boyfriend and he was like, well, wouldn't you have them just in, in the, as the story unfolds? And I was like, no, because you only really hear the snippets of them, the situation in which they write it. It's then interesting to just flip back, like almost to a little. What are they called? A glossary. Appendices. That's it. That one. Um, just to yeah. see what they're talking about. And when somebody says, "Oh, that song is my favorite song," I wanted to go back and remind myself of, "Oh, which one was that? And how did that one yeah. read?" Um, but they definitely had a connection of some sorts that they do, in the end, not fully explore. Um, but they acknowledge and his Billy's wife Camilla kind of says that she's known it all the way along yeah 
which must be very hard to watch the moments when they're describing them on stage staring lovingly into each other's eyes and that must be very hard for someone who's not involved and a lot of the time she was at home raising their children just kind of seeing it from afar um must have been really tough she was a super strong lady i don't think i would have been very happy at that i'd have been on on the stage mate can you imagine (laughs) holding the microphone in between them just like don't forget about (laughs) just in case you were thinking about it i still exist (laughs) no no no. (laughs) um i wonder if anybody's come up with uh songs for the songs there must be surely people have because that's the type of thing that musicians do (laughs) if they haven't you definitely should (laughs) i wonder if she wrote all like taylor jenkins reed whether she i thought that whether she wrote the lyrics lyrics on her own because there is a definite well there's a definite skill to songwriting that yeah not everybody has (laughs) i really like that little bit and i think as I'm, i'm a music fan so the whole kind of vibe of like that rock and roll 70s blues music and all of that i was really into um i could picture yeah. it i wish that i could have been there yeah i think the fact that i am a musician although i i, I am in a different area of the industries but that i think that's the reason that i felt so impassioned about certain things in in the book yeah um Malibu Rising I enjoyed in a completely different way and also um Evelyn Hugo as well because that's that's out of my like little realm yeah um so it was a bit more escapist right um I think this was not escapism for me at all it was more <laughs> like yeah massive eye rolls and, and a little yeah, bit close exactly. to home <laughs> At times, yeah. yeah. I mean, not for me personally. I'm not <laughs> that kind of person, you know. No, I've known of been people. A, yeah, you've been around them. <laughs> been around them, exactly. So, Well, I yeah. really did enjoy it. I, I, It was pure escapism for me. Um, yeah. And especially the music, when we said that they talk about real-life musicians, when it talks about Bowie and Bob Dylan and all of the bands that I listen to, and I'm like, yes, yeah. this is somebody uh, let me walk barefoot around the streets in just a shirt please let me be daisy jones without the drugs <laughs> mm. um yeah i loved it there's a moment where she talks i this is one that i did tab um when she's talking about the clothes that she wears because she wears tiny clothes all of the time partly, yeah. because, partly because she's just like absolutely ruined her body with drugs and she doesn't know whether she's yeah. hot or cold um but she says um I run hot and I always have. I'm not going to sit around sweating my ass off just so men can feel more comfortable. It's not my responsibility to not turn them on. It's their responsibility to not be an asshole. And I was like, yes, you wear your tiny little tank top and your shorts and wander around the streets of LA. Well, I guess maybe we could go on to Malibu Rising um, because this for me was definitely more escapism yeah um Um, yeah i mean looking even just at the cover the little dust thing where it's i mean we've seen instagram turned kind of turquoise and pink for the last however many weeks with everybody with their malibu rising um it definitely felt like more of a summer read um beach read type yeah um so yeah we'll uh, dive in let's do a little tiny synopsis of it um again spoilers so if you've not picked up your copy then turn it off now or just don't shout at us because i've warned you um so malibu rising is about four siblings whose dad um mick reaver who is a familiar name to those who've read Mm -hmm. other taylor jenkins read books um he leaves them to pursue his music career um their mother june uh struggles with addiction issues in his absence and eventually passes away leaving these four children who are ranging from 12 to 17 um and nina the eldest is left to raise her younger siblings at that point 
Um, so they struggle for a little bit. Nina becomes a swimsuit model, surfer, um, ultimate California beach babe. And um, she starts throwing an annual party, like an end of summer party. And the book, um, the second half of it is the events that happen at the final Riva beach party. Um, but intertwined with stories from the past from their dad growing from them growing up from their dad and their mum and um and their lives up until that point malibu rising dive in great yeah i really i i did really enjoy this one actually i flew i flew through it um i don't know it felt like it was a slightly different vibe from the other the other two i mean both evelyn and daisy jones are like written in very different ways but in there's definitely i think more similarities between those two yeah i don't know um and this one felt like it had a slightly different different angle which i liked in that we were with daisy jones and evelyn we're dealing with flawed characters who are kind of impacting upon themselves whereas in Malibu Rising the main characters aren't really flawed characters but they've been massively affected by their families yeah who are flawed <laughs> to say the least yeah um so it, I, I quite enjoyed that um element of it like the the impact of the hedonistic lifestyle that it has on the uh the families and the people that maybe aren't in the limelight especially well at the very beginning they're not in the limelight yeah so yeah i enjoyed that take on it um and i think it made it feel a little bit more relatable and the 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 reaver kids seemed pretty well adjusted and normal yeah I really enjoyed it as well, but I did find it not harder to read, but as you say, because it, the, it was them being affected by other people's issues, I emotionally yeah. felt more for them. So I found I was yeah. sadder at a lot of it than I was mm. in the other two books. Um, yes, yeah. At the way that other people's choices and mistakes had just turned their lives upside down. And I think the ages of them made that difference. Yeah. That as i said when when their mum dies they're all from 12 to 17 these four kids just left on their own then um and i think that made me kind of my heart hurt a little bit more when i was reading it but i did enjoy it yeah Um, yeah no i get i get that as well i definitely had had the sads in in some of it yeah um it's set we should say it's set in malibu Mm. Uh, (laughs) it's set in malibu in the 80s so um which i'm really enjoying the fact that all of these books are like dotted around in different eras as well i feel like we're going on a bit of a a, like tour yeah um of time um and this was a yeah pretty much a dual timeline book wasn't it yeah not read a dual timeline (laughs) for a while so it was uh, it was good. I enjoyed yeah. enjoyed being back on the wagon. She's so good um, at those reference points that just take you yeah. to a different time period. Um, yeah. In this one, obviously, it's the reference points of the eighties. She talks about Dallas and uh, yeah. Dynasty and the kind of eighties. Um, Heather Locklear, I think, is mentioned. Those eighties yeah. icons, um, yeah. and even down to like the cars that are mentioned. All of those things within two pages you're in that time period and the same with Evelyn Hugo and the same with Daisy Jones you're so instantly transported to exactly that time in history the references that she uses are just great I really enjoy that she paints a she paints a brilliant picture yeah every time um yeah I think she's definitely fast becoming one of my favorite authors having never read a thing before we read Evelyn Hugo yeah um like I understand why people like 
Yeah. Because I like <laughs> her too. And I'm normally oh, like um, the hipster who like goes, oh, at everything that everyone else yeah. likes. So I'm really pleased that I was made to pick up a Taylor Jenkins read because I've really enjoyed them. But I think I would yeah. have gone, nah, that's not for me because everyone like, else likes too it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've really I'm enjoyed it. I'm not too it. cool. I would have, I would have read it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I do know, I know what you mean. Um, but okay, so the the Reva kids... What do we think? What do we think of all of them? So I guess Nina's pretty much our main character, isn't she? So yeah. she's the eldest sibling. Yeah, I I liked Nina. I understood why she was the way that she was. She's super. Obviously, she'd had to raise the rest of the kids for a, a, a even prior to their mother's death. She struggled with alcoholism, so there was elements where Nina was. She talked about her taking the car to the supermarket at 14 so that her mum didn't have to drive drunk. Um, So you can see why she did become so hardened. Um, But I also, I thought she's such a strong woman, strong female character, but didn't stand up for herself right up until the very, very end. She found it so hard to just stand up for herself and say what it was that she wanted. And I kind of, I was a bit like, oh, come on. I was a bit annoyed at that, but I understood why. Um, yeah, she self de- she she uh, described herself as a, a doormat, didn't she? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a human end. doormat. <laughs> yeah, I really felt for her. It was her friend that said the thing that she hated the most about her was that she'd never lived a day in her life for herself. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, maybe that was like the the turning point where she was just like, oh yeah, that's. Yeah. absolutely true which is a really that's such a, a shame <laughs> it's a, a horrible place to be wait when she's in i didn't work i didn't do the dates maths so when we're in the second half of the book which mm-hmm. is like current current day but in the 80s yeah um and the party how old is she then i think she's meant to be like 25 26 Okay, so still pretty young. Yeah, because there's a they mentioned the younger sister Kit being twenty, I think, and okay. she was Nina was five years older, so I think she's twenty five, twenty six. Okay, um, something like that. Okay, that works. But in the eighties, that was old. Twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, I suppose so. Oh no. But yeah, I um, kind of I had that had to keep reminding myself of how old I thought she was because a lot of the book yeah. I could have been tricked into thinking she was mid thirties. She read very much like our age of, like. Well, she's the one with responsibility, isn't she? Yeah. So she's she should be the grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the next um, one? Was um, Jay. Yeah, Jay and Hood. Who? Hood. Who, yeah, I struggled with that name, Hood. 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 <laughs> sounds. I think it just sounds particularly funny in a northern accent, doesn't it? Yeah, his name is um, Hudson. But written down yeah. as H U D for the whole of the book, and I was like, Hood, Hood, Hood. Yeah. <laughs> um, who yes, would... who are twins, but not twins? Yeah, um, the world has been told that they're twins, although they are described as like being absolutely opposite, and one of them gets sunburned yeah. and one of them doesn't. So I think it would be hard to explain where one of them came from. Um, yeah, but so Jay is Mick and June's biological son. And Hudson yeah. is brought as a tiny baby to the doorstep by his mum, his birth mum, and it handed over to June and kind of told his dad is Mick and I can't look after him and he should be with his dad. And then she gets in her car yeah. and Fs off. <laughs> and so that was the first instance, wasn't it, that June knew that Mick had uh, done the dirty yeah i think she'd been suspicious yeah she'd been yeah. suspicious but that was confirmation that yeah now there is a physical being well, that is proof yes um, there is offspring here um and i really liked june in her reaction that felt real the reaction that she had yeah. in that it was at first anger and sadness and upset and frustration but that then she looked at the baby and kind of went you need somebody to love you and I can be that for you. And I really yeah. thought she was a strong woman. Actually, stronger than I am. I couldn't... If anybody turns up on my doorstep with a baby, I am not taking it off you. 
No, me, me, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I definitely couldn't. And again, I don't know whether it's a different time time period that women just accepted and dealt with things more. It's one of the things that I have struggled with between both of both Daisy Jones and I guess even Evelyn Hugo to a certain extent. And I know that it's a generational thing, but that the, uh, there are lots of elements of the women just accepting things that I don't think that they should have had to. Um, yeah. And that I've struggled with a little bit as an undertone throughout the novels. But I think it's, if I take myself out of it and think of the time periods that they're set in, yeah, it's, it's a bit its, more understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be very intrigued to read a more modern day novel by her. Has she written any? Because she's written a few others that haven't been as like hyped, mental big. So <laughs> um, I've seen one which know. looks like weddingy, um, which I have said I'm going to put on my little, on my tuba red list. Because um, again, I'd like to read them. They're really easy to read, fun to read, like a little almost like a palate cleanser between the heavy things that I read. Mm. Um, yeah. If anybody knows if the other ones are like modern day set or whether they're back in a particular era, then please do let us know. Yeah. Um, or we can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably quicker than waiting for someone to get back to us in four yeah, days exactly. when this is released. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Google it. Um, and then might put them on our list. Uh, but yeah, I'd be interested to to read that because I yeah, like you say, I think her um, sort of setting in different time periods is spot on. Um, but yeah, that does leave room for feeling a bit annoyed at how things were. Yeah. Um, so Jay, so... Jay and Hood are kind of raised and told the world that they're twins um, when they're not, but there's. Th- months between them but so. they do know that they're not yes don't they they were told so june tells them from from an early age that they aren't like biological twins but they act as if they are anyway um i think one of the things that i really liked was how uh how close they all were as siblings i mean i'm i am not a sibling i am an only child uh, but i really liked the relationship that they had with each other that they seem to have this really nice understanding yeah um yeah and really looked out looked out for each other when there was nobody else looking out for them yeah when um there's a nice moment just after they lost their mum where they're all living in the house and it talks about them having their own chores to do and i just pictured these I mean, the two boys, I think, were 14 at that point, and um, my eldest is 13, and the idea of him cleaning the kitchen and the bathroom like one of them's doing, and one of them's doing the laundry, and I'm thinking, I can't imagine, like, a a band of children just getting together and looking after each other and all pulling their own weight and making sure that... Because that was to make sure that they stuck together, because... Yeah, Nina was only 17, so they would have been separated and put into the foster care system had it not been that they could stay yeah. together. So they kind of under the radar. They kept telling people that their dad was there. Yeah. That he was... Oh, their he was... school knew though, didn't yeah. they? So that that was an interesting one. I don't know how I'd... Oh, I mean, you, there'd be all sorts of hell to pay if a school did that these days, but... Yeah. Like, I respect, I respect them for what they did. As long as the kids are, like, going to school and they seem well looked after... Yeah. then <clears throat> I guess that's the main thing but yeah you'd definitely not be able to do that these days no. I um, think without some serious repercussions <laughs> Nina was very nearly 18 wasn't she, wasn't she? so I think yeah. that it was that that it's that you for the sake of somebody just keeping quiet for this family for three months that yeah it keeps them together which they needed each yeah. other that's when you said they had this kind of really great relationship that I don't think they could have survived or thrived the way that they did if they'd been separated Um, because they had no stability or nobody else in their life. Um, Yeah. Their dad had not been present for a long time. Yeah. So Mick, Mick's an interesting one, isn't he? Because obviously we've heard of him before. Yeah. Um, Which again is a really clever little trick that I loved. I really enjoyed it. He crops up in Daisy Jones as well. Briefly. Yeah. 
and I like that thread that kind of weaves it makes you yeah. feel like it's all the same universe and these are all the yes. same people um, yeah yeah I really like that yeah I definitely want to talk about that in a minute but uh, Mick in general horrific person yeah <laughs> um so he he marries June twice and divorces her twice yeah it's just like just do it once man and then leave <laughs> like yeah. just don't do it twice yeah and I, I think it's it's <sighs> even worse because you hope that after that the second time you can forgive somebody once and take them back yeah. once but yeah. you give them give them another chance sure yeah but you've seen how much you broke her the first time and then still to be stupid enough to do it again and i just think there isn't a there isn't an excuse for that you've you're no. just a bad one that makes you a terrible person yeah and then to not face up to your responsibilities and then just literally cut his kids completely out of his life when he was spouting all of the rubbish towards the end i was just like i don't want to hear this yeah i think they they let him speak far too much yeah same. oh that that made me angry what a horrible horrible man yeah i kind of thought there's nothing that you can say that's going to make any of it better and i think what was it kit the youngest daughter who asked him like are mm. you on your aa apology tour here because why yeah. have you chosen now to come because like this has been however many years nearly 10 years yeah. or something and i just think yeah there's nothing you can say after 10 years of not being around your children yeah especially knowing what's happened to them well yeah and he basically killed his wife yeah it's <laughs> a bit a bit strong <laughs> basically killed <laughs> well no because like obviously yeah. that, her alcoholism was a direct it, yeah him leaving for the second time was a direct cause yeah of her alcoholism and then ultimately her death oh there's so, a, a quote which i genuinely cried at where he said at the end i hope that she knew that she just she deserved better than or that she was better than me and one of the children mm. says she didn't. she didn't yeah and she didn't she sat every day thinking yeah i'm so sad but he's going to come back soon he's going to yeah. come back and he didn't and he didn't care at all yeah that was heartbreaking let's not talk about mick anymore <laughs> um, so in short we like that his name was weaved through all the stories but we actually hate him quite liked him sort of in evelyn yeah why because he was that very quick annulment marriage wasn't he so yeah, it, yeah, he was yeah. so very brief that i kind of didn't have time to hate him but i think i mm. wonder if i went back and, and read it now i wonder yeah, if I'd, i want to maybe i'm just going to read yeah. his chapter again yeah i might do although my book is being borrowed by someone i'll have to find it i have to get it back <laughs> just um, to read that one chapter but, but yeah i wonder whether i would chapter. read it differently yeah. Imagine him with his br yeah. brill cream on his hair or whatever he had. <laughs> Disgusting man. Um, so yeah, the characters weaving in and out, that was one thing that I was uh, going to speak about because there are so many characters, especially in the party scene, that, uh, that are like full named. Yeah. I love that she full names people. Yeah. So in the party scene that gets, it, it's basically a massive party that just gets enormously out of hand doesn't it yeah <laughs> um it it seems like it would have been great to be a fly on the wall i get i mean i guess we were flies flies on the wall <laughs> yeah flies on the wall flies on the walls um but yeah she full names so many people and it just makes me think who out of these people is gonna crop up in the next book yeah i did the same and i was a bit like in my head kind of mentally thinking who got more page time and then but then you never know it might be that they're just briefly there and you never hear from them again but they were still interesting characters yeah and i felt like the way that that party um scene but the part of the, so the whole second half of the novel is at the party um the way it was written felt like it was backwards and forwards and your eyes don't know where to stop and the, you were jumping from character to character and it yeah. almost felt like I was walking through the house yeah. seeing people yeah. in pockets in corners and upstairs and someone's having sex in the bathroom someone's peeing on a Lichtenstein which I did think 
like that would be the moment where there'd be like heads rolling if somebody had walked in and started pissing on my art but yeah, yeah swinging on chandeliers and things i thought it was like chaos but enjoyable chaos um oh yeah i, I certainly wouldn't have that party in my house <laughs> have you ever watched the movie project x no it's like a mad college party right this was like that it's got a really great soundtrack uh this was like that but with famous people right um project x is a good movie just makes me want to go to a party though <laughs> not yet can't really another, do, another can't few really weeks yeah i mean we'll see <laughs> but well speaking yeah. about the party because the there is a a double twist at the party i guess in unexpected guests more than double yes. there's lots of unexpected yeah. guests so many yeah um first to arrive is Brandon, Nina's estranged husband. I think they've yeah. been separated for a few weeks whilst he bangs a tennis pro or something. <laughs> and then co- yeah, comes back grovelling when he realises that she's awful. She shouts at somebody on the phone about the wrong almonds or something. And he just yeah. goes, you're awful. Why am I here? Um, yeah. So he turns up begging around, wanting things, wanting people back. The mistress turns up to set, I don't know, throw things on the all over the lawn and cause a scene. Yes, um, set fire to stuff. And there's a mystery girl in a purple dress who, yeah. um, who we find out thinks that dirty dog Mick Reaver may well be her father also. Yeah, there must be loads of them knocking around. Oh, so like, many. <clears throat> if you're going to sow your seeds that far, then surely... Some of them are going to plant themselves. So, well, um... thinking about it, actually, I did note that when I was reading not just this one, but Daisy Jones as well. There's a lot of, like, unexpected pregnancies in these books. Like, yeah. as though that's not something that might happen if you have unprotected sex with somebody. It's a lot of, oh, oh no, I, I'm pregnant and I don't... It's a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, her, if she is his daughter, and um, there's a pregnancy for Hood and his yep. partner. In Daisy Jones, there's Karen, who accidentally has a baby, yep. or falls pregnant. It just feels like nobody's yeah. wearing protection, and maybe that's no. what should be written into the next book. Maybe. <laughs> maybe there's a moral there. Um, Hood, let's talk about little, little Hood, because that's a... Sounds like a rapper. <laughs> but uh, yeah, his relationship mm-hmm. is a bone of contention at the party as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so he starts sleeping with his brother's girlfriend whilst they were still together. Yeah. Uh, his brother seems to be a little bit of a player player uh, who doesn't really care who he's sleeping with. Um, although that's that side of him wasn't really explored was it so we didn't get the chance to like dislike his actions too much um but it it was loosely bandied about that he didn't really care that much for many of the women that he had seen in the past yeah um and then yeah hood started having a relationship with What's she called? Ashley? Ashley, yeah. Was that, was that Ashley? Yeah. Okay. So many of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when the that relationship ended with Jay, they actually had a proper relationship, didn't they? But didn't tell yeah. him. Secretive relationship. Secret relationship. And then she gets knocked up. So. Yeah. Oh man! All of what the a secrets. mess! What a what a family mess! Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Mick shows up to the party. Yeah, just well, and so that's an interesting one as well. We, I mean, we've not even touched on Kit, who's the youngest of the siblings, the yeah. um, daughter Kit, Catherine, she's called, um, who. She seems, she was a tough one. I didn't really connect with her emotionally at all, and I don't know whether it's because she seemed like she was kind of tougher. And yeah, guarded. Yeah. I think she's got her walls up, hasn't she? So she's not letting anyone in, including us. Yeah, but she also is the one with the least 
memory of her dad. Um, he left yeah. when she was a tiny baby, so she'd never really had anything to miss. Um, but she is the one who sends the invite to him year upon year. I think four or five years in a row, she sends the invite to the party. So it's yeah. because of her that he turns up in the end. Um, and she's the one that seems to give him what for the most. Almost yeah. like she's she's a little bit further removed from it because she's not had that emotional yeah. connection with him. So she feels maybe a little bit safer in saying some of the things that the others have a bit more hurt about. Um, yeah. I liked her as a character, but I just didn't really feel like I connected very much with her emotionally. Um, yeah. She was also struggling with her own sexuality as well, wasn't she? Yeah, I saw that, that one was, coming. That was like her... Well, yeah, same, same, same. <laughs> I guess that could cause you to put your, your guard up as well. Yeah. Um, if you're not quite sure about your own sense of self yeah i liked her i thought she was feisty yeah quietly feisty i think it's that thing as well is that she'd had to figure out a lot of things at a tricky period of like she will have gone through all of puberty without a mother or a father and yes she had great siblings who did look out for her and look after her but nina herself says that she tended to baby her because she was looking after her in that sense yeah um she maybe didn't have that kind of the parenting that you need to to get that mm. confidence and sense of self um so maybe that's why she struggled a little bit also i enjoyed it there's a lot more layers to it than just a beach read i liked that we had the gossip magazine style stuff especially in the in the party half of the book yeah yeah, that was that was a real that was really fun to read like all of the antics that were that were going on. Yeah. Um I really liked um, definitely Wendy who was one of the people who worked oh, in the, the restaurant um whose only ambition for this party was to have sex with two men in a hot tub in front of everybody and then she was going to go back to Oklahoma or wherever and like marry yeah, and marry, marry the guy next door. <laughs> yeah. And I was like what a wild idea for your last night in LA. This is all I want yeah. to do, and then I'm going to just go home. Yeah. It's my last hurrah. <laughs> um, I can imagine this being made into a, a great movie. Like, I feel like that scene would be yeah, just debauchery. I imagine it filmed it almost like Hangover-esque, you know, where it's yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of still almost, and then moving around yeah. the party and seeing the chaos in every yeah. corner. Lines of coke yeah. on the canopy trays. That's and I was just like, this yeah. is wild. In the eighties, I guess that's what yeah. it was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet people still have those wild parties. <laughs> we don't get invited. No, I don't think I'd want to be. To be to be fair, I'll, I'll watch the movie. <laughs> I did think it had um, a lot of heart in the book. I did think. Yeah. Um, I really, really liked the relationship that June, the mother, had with the children and the way that she loved them, despite the struggles that she had. Um, She spoke about them so nicely, about how she, her favourite thing was just watching them grow into the humans that they are. Um, And I really liked that. I I was very sad when she met her end, especially the way that she did. Yeah, because she basically decided that day that she needed to get it together didn't she yeah so she was she was having her sort of last evening of you know indulging in her uh addiction and then she was and then she was going to be okay yeah uh didn't didn't end well no and it's poor june yeah she was she was a, a a good character i really liked her but again almost just like that she met mick when she was 17 18 like super young and you just think you've been pulled under the spell of this man who's sold you a lot of lies basically and then yeah and that's it then your whole life is now under his spell um yeah it's such a shame yeah i was sad it made me want to go surfing well surfing surfing in malibu but i'm i would not make a good surfer. <laughs> i can guarantee that now i don't really like water either so that's 
Well, it's a little bit too much physical exercise for me. (laughs) I don't mind physical exercise, but I don't think I'd be very good at it. I just like the idea of looking great doing it, (laughs) but I wouldn't, so... It really made me want to go to California. I want to drive up the PCH in a convertible and look out at the sea, see the dolphins. seafood. I want to eat seafood. You, um, you won't. Nah, but. I'm all right. I'll, I'll give me a beer and I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll have that as well. <laughs> it did sound really, really nice. It sounded beautiful. And although actually one of the things that I did want to touch on is the way that she um, described the Malibu bushfires as well, which I think yeah. it was quite poignant the way that it kind of bookended the book. It starts talking yeah. about Malibu almost as its own character and the way that the yeah. fires exist alongside Malibu um and I don't know when she I think she started writing it maybe 2019 or 2018 just after the last lot of Malibu um fires yeah because she does mention the 2018 one yeah um I think it may have been just just after that that she started to write it and um I think it's a it's such an important part of that part of the world um they're just used to having to evacuate just evacuate at any minute um yeah but I also think it lent itself to really setting the scene and the feel of the place that we are, um, where you've got that insanely gorgeous ocean on one side, but just fire on the other. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I think you can tell that she really researches and cares about the times and places that she yeah. describes. Everything is so perfect. Um it feels like she just moved to Malibu for three years and lived there because it's so perfect. And the same with like Daisy Jones. It's like she went and lived in California in the 70s in LA. And I know she didn't, yeah. but that's how, how much it immerses you in it. Um, yeah, she's yeah. she's a great writer. She is. So I wonder who her next book will centre around. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Who would you want it to? If it's one of the characters from... We're presuming one of the characters from the party, if we've said. There's so many that were there. Yeah. And I think it would then... I I mean, it would make sense now for her to move into the 90s. Yeah. And do a a 90s one. I don't really know, because I kind of thought... My initial reaction would be Nina's friend, the model. Yeah. Taryn, Tareen... But I think she probably is I in... I think she was featured too much. Yeah, she's in her heyday in the 80s, so there's yeah. not going to be much exciting in the 90s. Um, Had to, has to be one of the young ones. Maybe it's maybe it's Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> or what was the other one? Tuesday. There was an actress called Tuesday. Um, yeah, she, she was like a child star, wasn't she? Yeah, but she also seemed like she was a bit of a wild one, so maybe there's some fun stories mm. around that. Um, yeah and that would totally yeah uh, I feel like 90s child stars would be a good a good one to go down because yeah they always end up <laughs> messy yep oh I'd love um, to read that though yeah maybe Tuesday I can't remember her surname but Tuesday might be a good one to to go down no okay well we'll see I'm sure that she's already got stuff planned yeah so she probably has like a little list of people that she's mentioned that she can like tick off. I wonder how um, much backstory she gives everybody in her head as she's writing. Oh, I reckon loads. Everybody will have a, I, a big backstory. Well, because everybody, even if they're mentioned like flash in the pan, everyone seems kind of well-rounded. Yeah, and, like, really fleshed out characters, like aren't they? Like they're an act- actual person. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I think I'd have been like, "Why, why do, why do I need to know about this guy?" Yeah. Like, why have you full named him for me? Yeah. It just seems a bit ridiculous. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't feel that way at all. Because like, yeah, they all served their purpose. Yeah. Th- that surprised me actually. When, like, thinking about the amount of characters that there are, I didn't mind it. It didn't bother me too much. Whereas sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed by the amount of characters. Yeah. Um. I think it's maybe they're easier to grasp in these books because they're almost caricatures 
they're yeah. so of it's there's yeah. no way of muddying waters one into the other because they're so vastly different maybe, yeah. um i think that's what maybe helps them to not kind of blend into each other and come a bit overwhelming yeah out of all three of the books that we've read so far mm-hmm. which one's your fave my favorite is daisy jones and the six okay um Partly because of the time period is just something which I've always felt an affinity for. The time period, the location, yeah. the music. I'm a little groupie at heart. I think if I was in the 70s, I would definitely be the little groupie. So, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think mine's... Uh, I don't know. I think mine's Evelyn. Yeah, I think mine's Evelyn. I like her the most i think as a character yeah um i think the glamour of evelyn hugo is unmatched yeah maybe that's it maybe i just want to be glamorous like (laughs) yeah the glamour of evelyn hugo was was pretty good but i just like that kind of seedy free loving kind of 70s vibe of daisy jones okay but all three thoroughly enjoyable. Really pleased that we've read them, um, and definitely will read more. So, yeah. Thank you to yeah, Bookstagram. So easy to read. Thank you for dragging us on that thank ride because we've we've really thank enjoyed you. it. We have. What's next? I don't know. Uh, oh, we've got our Pachinko episode, which I'm not sure whether that'll be out next week or the week after. We've not. Yeah. A hundred percent figured it out because. We've got logistical issues. <laughs> Just put it put it that way. Life, We've got logistical issues. Life is happening. <laughs> yeah, over over the next couple of weeks. So we'll get it out. It will be in one or two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so just keep an eye out for it. It'll drop into your podcast subscription-y thing when it when it's there when it's ready. Yeah. Um. But other than that. Oh, and we have to say a massive thank you for um, getting us to five thousand followers on Instagram, which has gone <laughs> oh, yeah. a little bit mad. Um, thank yeah. you for everybody for interacting and sharing and appreciating what we do because we have a lot of fun with it. So yeah. we want to keep too doing it. <laughs> too much fun. Too much fun with buying too many things. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, neither of us needed an excuse ever to like buy more dresses. But... No. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> yeah. But it, oh, I mean, in, in in terms of life happening and serious things going on and miserable things going on, it's like a little glimmer of sunshine yeah, every definitely. day. The people that are there, the things that we see and read and the interactions that we have. So thank you. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Agreed. Yeah. We hope, Amen. <laughs> hope you all stick around. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, and tell your friends if you like listening to us. Tell them to listen to us as well they like reading if they don't then probably don't bother (laughs) might be a bit boring (laughs) a little bit what on earth we're talking about um cool well i think that's it call it a day yep and we'll speak to you next time in a week or two fab thanks for listening everyone bye bye hi there Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls, One Book podcast. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls, One Book Pod. So come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.